You're asked to put in a surgical tracheostomy. Can you talk me through it? Of course. So, presuming that the patient's airway is already secured by the anaesthetist, the first thing I'd do is check the equipment. And I'd want to have a cuffed, non-fenestrated tube, ideally with a removable inner cannula. Uh, I'd also check that all the connectors work, and I'd check the balloon to make sure it inflates and there's no leaks from the balloon. And the fun thing to do before we proceed is to make sure that there is a safe place for the patient to go to after theatre that's able to look after the tracheostomies and has um, set up to allow communication with writing boards and so on. So with the patient uh, supine, ideally with something under their shoulders and their neck just slightly extended, not too far so it compresses the airway, but just far enough so the landmarks are clear, I would prep the neck if it isn't already, mark out the thyroid cartilage, the cricoid cartilage, and the sternal notch. Then halfway between the cricoid and the sternal notch, I'd make a two to three centimeter incision, a transverse incision, uh, dissecting through the skin fat down through platysma until I, meet, uh, until I reach the midline raphe. Then putting in a self-retainer such as a west, uh, I would longitudinally divide the strap muscles and this should bring me to the trachea. Um, ideally, I want to be able to see the second to fifth tracheal rings. And in this territory, the thyroid is usually there. And so if the thyroid is usually around the fourth tracheal ring, um, I would divide the thyroid isthmus using hemostats uh, and then make a one centimeter tracheostomy window between the second and fourth tracheal rings. I'd be communicating with the anaesthetist throughout, and at this point I'd be saying that I can hopefully see the endotracheal tube and ask them to deflate their tube and slowly start to retract it. Once the tip of the endotracheal tube is seen passing above the tracheostomy window, I'd then place my tracheostomy tube into the tracheostomy and remove the central intra uh, introducer. I'll then connect the, um, the, the inner tube and connect that to the anaesthetic circuit with checking that there's a good carbon dioxide trace. Also having to listen to their chest to make sure that there's good auscultation bilaterally. As long as all that's the case, make sure we've got good hemostasis um, and secure the tracheostomy tube using silk to the wings of the tracheostomy. Depending on the purpose, if as usual that it's been placed into a neck that's had a flap. I wouldn't use any straps. And in fact, I'd go as far as to put a, um, to write on a piece of mefix stuck just below it, saying no straps on neck, because you don't want compression to the vessels. If that's not the case, then uh, in addition to the silk sutures to the tracheostomy, I would also um, put Velcro straps around. Once that's all secure, um, as I say, make sure the patient's going back to a ward of uh, safety that's competent with the trackies. What size tracheostomy tube are you going to use? In an average female, I'd use a 7 to 8 size tube, and in a, a man, an 8 to 9, and that size is the size of the inner diameter. Obviously you want as large as possible to reduce the resistance, but not too large that it causes um, pressure effects on the trachea. Uh, 